It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show. And it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your business. So thank you for tuning in. And today we're talking payments because it's been over four years since we've had an episode just about payments because getting money off your customers isn't at all important. Um, So today we are writing that wrong and we're giving you an update on just what the latest opportunities are in the world of payments. Um, We're going to be talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're going to be talking about payment wallets, WeChat, what's going on in Brazil, um, crazy email payments in Canada, uh, buy now, pay later. It is all coming up. And if you're thinking, I'm on Shopify, they deal with that for me. Well, yes, they do, but you still have options. And I think you're going to want to listen and find out what they are. Payments, of course, is one of those areas where things can change a lot from country to country. And so um, Jason and I have tried to keep this discussion geographically neutral to the main part, uh, which, of course, has the added benefit that we won't be getting deep into any legislation win for all of us. Um, But be aware that some of what we're discussing might not be possible in your country or the countries you sell to. Before we get into all of that, though, and meet Jason, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Don't think people are using cryptocurrencies? Guess again. Coin Payments has been around since 2013, processing over $6 billion in crypto payments to date, and the numbers keep growing. Stop leaving money on the table and start accepting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and other crypto payments for your business. Coin Payments makes it easy and affordable with just 0.5% processing fees and with its simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento, and other major e-commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to get in on the action. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Jason Butcher is a specialist at the forefront of fintech. He's a key advisor to multiple businesses focused on aspects of payment solutions and emerging currencies. And his core role is as the CEO at Coin Payments, an integrated payment gateway for cryptocurrencies. So who better to update us on the latest payments opportunities? Hello, Jason. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And it's, as I said, it's been a long time since we've talked payments on the show. So I'm really interested to get into to how things have changed because hint everybody, they've changed quite a lot. Um, but before we get into that, how did you end up in the world or so deeply embedded, I guess, in the world of payments and payment solutions? Uh, that goes back a long time. Uh, in the early 90s, 92, 93, I was involved with a company. We were developing a product called WSN, the, the World Shopping Network, which Basically, was what today we have globally with people buying and selling. And 
through video and, and images and things. And that was uh, in the early 90s and that we needed a payment system. So we were developing a, a payment solution at the time, really before anybody else had had any kind of e-commerce or any kind of system. So we were definitely at the forefront of, uh, of development of both e-commerce as well as uh, payments. So that was the first piece. And then in the early 2000s, I uh, developed a, a payments platform and payment gateway system for the Caribbean called CPay. And that kind of pushed me into accepting of uh, credit cards and merchant processing. Through that process, we started doing other things globally and creating an EMI or electronic money institution in, in Malta and doing other types of payments and working within different organizations to help merchants accept payments uh, globally. And then you ended up kind of deep in cryptocurrencies with what you're doing at Coin Payments. Yeah, for sure. In uh, around 2015, 2016, I uh, was introduced to be a, um, a mentor to the owners and the founders of Coin Payments and saw what they were doing and, and uh, was inspired by who they were and, and thought there was a good opportunity for me to support them further. So I got more involved. And since that time, I um, have been a part of their operations team and, and uh, a year or so ago took over as the CEO and today lead the uh, global operations where we have clients in 180 countries and, and process uh, well over $400 million a month in crypto transactions for merchants. Wow, that's a that's a lot of money in in crypto, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, well, look, it's been four years here on the podcast since we specifically talked about payments. So, catch us up over those four years. What are the biggest changes that have happened in that time? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think that in different different markets, you've had different um, types of payment solutions, and I would suggest that probably four years ago, most of your payments that you were talking about then would have been mostly around credit cards. Um, of course, there was the onset of digital wallets, which uh, the likes of the Skrills and NetTellers and the PayPals and other types of things, which allowed uh, members of those wallets to also make payments if you had a wallet yourself um, in that process. But today, you'll see tremendous changes from that time. You'll, globally, in different markets like uh, the European markets, You've got a number of different networks and payment systems, the faster payments platforms, um, e-payments, SEPA, wires. There's so many different types of payment systems that are now available to both merchants um, and individuals making payments. So you do have an expansion of um, the African market where you've got a lot of people that are making payments directly through wallet payments. You've got the Asian markets where, you've, of course, you've got WeChat Pay, which four years ago, really there wasn't the, um, the level of payments. And today, that's the majority of payments that are happening today is through uh, WeChat or Alipay. Um, and you've got other growing markets, emerging, pay, emerging markets like Brazil and Latin America that are also having um, launches of things like um, WhatsApp Pay and local payment systems where... Um, the central banks have actually instigated direct instant payment solutions. So you have so much growth. And of course, you have the adoption to crypto. And crypto has been around for 10 years. But really, over the last three or four years, we've seen tremendous growth in that space as well. So more and more people doing more global payments, more and more people changing, of course, how they're doing shopping. And e-commerce has grown so much that the payment options have had to uh, adapt to 
how people are paying and where they're paying, because it's not necessarily just people buying within their small community or within their market. They're buying, buying and paying globally. So you have a dramatic shift compared to where you were four years ago. Yeah, I think dramatic certainly the word for it. And, and any of you guys who are going, how many different payment options? Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna cover off the key ones as we go. <laughs> but um, I guess you can see some brains melting. And they're going, what? <laughs> but don't worry, it's opportunity, isn't it? It's not it's not brain melting time. But Jason, the bit I want to want to get into first is you mentioned about how in Latin America there's one payment system. Over in China, it's all about the WeChat and Alipay. In Africa, it's about wallets. In Europe, it's still kind of about credit cards and PayPal. And it does strike me that it's if you want, and I've seen companies, you know, screw up by getting this wrong. If you want to go and sell into another territory, into another region, you have to get the payment methods right. Otherwise, no one's going to buy from you. Absolutely. It's true. Um, Actually, interesting. I had a conversation earlier this morning with um, one of the head guys at PaySafe, which is a, a global payments company. And they see a tremendous amount of uh, merchants and e-commerce happening through still through cash. So they have uh, 55,000 locations in the United States that people can go and they load, they top up their payment using a, a voucher or a QR code type thing where they can, an individual can go. And these are actually happening every single day. People are taking their cash, going to the Walgreens at the local markets and giving them cash. And that's how they're completing their transaction to a merchant um, because they don't want to provide um, their bank account or they don't have a credit card or other things. So different markets, um, depending on who your target audience and or, or who your buyer is, you really need to provide the options as different forms of payments. Um, just as you do if you're using a, a large payment gateway provider that might offer credit card, but they also offer EFT. In Canada, more and more transactions are happening off of EFT, email file transfer or an email payment, where there's no attachment to their bank account, there's no attachment to their credit card, etc. And that's it's also the lowest cost transaction fee as well. So in different markets, you you really you really have to um, be open to accepting different types of payment solutions within that target audience, and that's that's really key today with with the growth of e-commerce and the the potential audience growth for that merchant. I really like the fact you've kind of expanded my it varies by geography into it varies by demographic and who you're targeting as well. Because when you said about people paying with cash, I was like, all oh, right, this is going to be India or somewhere. And you, you were like, no, it's, it's America, which, you know, even, guys listening, even I am, am unconsciously biased when it comes to how payments are being made. But of course, if you're targeting cer certain demographics are still very cash-based, aren't they? And they, they want to have that ability to purchase things online. So of course, there's going to be a method. If you're Gucci, probably not necessary to worry too much about it. But if you're selling other products, it may it may well be. So is it evolving that fast that even if you think you're sitting pretty and you've got the right payments, you should constantly be reassessing? I, I agree with that completely. Um, you know, I think that reassessing your own business as to who you're selling to as as that's changing, you know, who you're targeting, how you're targeting them, you should be equally um, paying the same amount of attention to the types of payment that you're accepting. Uh, it could be that the, the value of the products that you're selling may be more uh, suitable for people to pay in different types of forms of payment than, than others. So I think that if you are looking at your traffic, you're looking at your audience, you're looking at who you're, who you're selling to, and then you're looking at the products you're selling, 
being more open to other types of payment solutions that are more suitable. Um, we'll, we'll just keep those clients by allowing them to make that payment in the choice that they want to make that payment in. I'm going to uh, to give you a couple of a couple of noisy payment methods, I suppose now, which which we hear a lot about, certainly here in the UK, I think in the US as well, and across most of Europe. But obviously, I guess it's probably different as we go around the world. But these are the ones which which seem to be the most noisy in the cute consumer facing space. Which I guess we have to start off with the world of the the mobile wallet. So your Apple's, your Google's, your PayPal to an extent. Are those are those a crucial element? Is there big take take up of those amongst consumers? Yeah, well, it's it's undeniable to, to when you when you mentioned the the uh, Apple Pay, for example, right? And Apple Pay operates as a as a payment facility where it connects to your banks, it connects to your credit cards, it connects to you know easy easy form of payment. It's your phone, and everybody has a phone, right? At some form of a facility, so um, they are definitely in your face because everybody's using the phone so you are more open to it paypal has uh, i think the last numbers i saw was 350 million users mm-hmm. um you know it, it's undeniable it's definitely the oldest and the largest wallet system that's that's out there um but if you look at other systems that are um coming on board the the revolutes even for example um it is attached to a card it is attached to a wallet it is your sort of individual bank bank account um, but if you look at um, other types of things that are fighting for uh, financial inclusion, which is the uh, WhatsApp type facilities in different markets, they've launched in India, they've launched in Brazil or they're launching in Brazil with the amount of users that have access to immediate sort of uh, payment or immediate facilities to have exchange of value between people. That I think is truly where the leaders are going to be. If you look at 14, 15 years ago in the Philippines, as an example, they are the largest and oldest standing telephone payment system in the world. You know, they started doing text mobile payments 14, 15 years ago. Wow. And most of the transactions that happen in the Philippines, there's like $20 billion that gets sent to the Philippines every year in remittances. Within the Philippines, another $20 billion are paid between each other on their cell phone through their teletext payment system. That's because that's what they're used to. They don't even have credit cards. <laughs> you know, it kind of skipped those markets. And I and I say that similar to the Latin American markets. A lot of those markets, they really skipped the whole credit card stage. And you see in the Asian markets, you see that the same thing with the, the WeChat phase. You, they skipped the credit card um, sort of phase where credit cards itself took 50 years for adoption, uh, true adoption. And today it's what everybody has in their pocket. But in certain markets, you have different types of payment systems. Well, it does kind of make make perfect sense of why would you have a wallet of pieces of plastic when you, you know, and even when it comes to, to you know, when you start putting it on your mobile, you know, the, the, uh, the stats tend to suggest that we are using fewer and fewer apps in an, on a daily basis. So if you can combine multiple functions in one app, like with WeChat or with WhatsApp or with TextPay, it's like, well, why wouldn't we do that? Because as humans, that's kind of almost what we're, what we're striving for is simplicity and one thing that does everything. Absolutely. That's right. And then the, the other 
The other area that we're, we've seen a big boom in here in the UK, certainly for the la- over the last 18 months, which I know for those of you listening in Australia, you've been doing this for years, um, but we hadn't, um, is the world of the buy now, pay later boom. So the likes of Klarna, where we have this huge increase in consumers, both using it kind of a an easy returns mechanism where they, they don't really pay anything, try everything on, send it back and never have to pay anything or to use it to spread payments out. That, that's been a, been a big game changer, I think, in, in the space in the last 12, 18 months. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, I guess it's a fortunate and unfortunate type of thing. I, I look at credit as still credit, right? So uh, buy, buy now, pay later um, has always been what credit cards and the banking institutions have facilitated through things like mortgages or th- things through lending and loans and, and things. The the craze of how the structure is, is just technology allowing technology organizations like the groups of Australia who, who um, you know, are, have been tremendously successful, but they've given the ability for the merchants to essentially issue that credit rather than uh, a bank or rather than a credit facility. So, it's, it's a matter of technology and innovation and creating facilities where a merchant themselves who've already holding that, that asset, already holding those funds um, are, lent, are basically doing the lending and the loans. So I think that those areas are changing how people, consumers, look at their relationship with the merchant. And I think the ultimate key is that the merchant themselves has a stronger, uh, better relationship with the individual buyers because they're the ones providing that opportunity. It's interesting, isn't it? When when payment solutions turn into credit sources, is it financing or is it a payment solution? I think we could probably debate that one for several hours sure, to come. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but look, the we have to talk about blockchain and cryptocurrencies as well, obviously, because they're one of the for me, they're one of the three big trends. We've kind of like got the wallets in the mobile, we've got the buy now, pay later, and then we've got the cryptocurrencies piece, which I'll be honest, is the one I know the least about, which is one of the reasons we've got you on here today, Jason, let's be honest. So what's what's the latest in the cryptocurrency space? How are consumers using that with e-commerce businesses? Well, I think there's an, a number of different ways. Uh, let me just first um, support you in that uh, the UK is working on new guidances and new regulatory frameworks to better support uh, e-commerce merchants in the whole crypto space. You know, they're looking at how um, merchants can be uh, better identified as merchants that are uh, stable or supported or licensed or regulated. They're also looking at how to ensure that consumers are also protected in things like fraud or um, where they may be making purchases and they don't want to deal with how they're going to get the money back or they just don't know. There's some a number of different questions in the regulatory standpoint. And I'm working with uh, the EPA in the UK to help give some guidance with those regulations. So I think in the merchant standpoint, there'll be new things over the next sort of 12, 18, 24 months that may create um, more adoption, both on the merchant standpoint as well as the, the consumer standpoint in the UK specifically. There is frameworks in the European markets. There is things happening all over the world in different sort of regulatory standpoints to support both merchants and consumers um, in that in that standpoint. Now, when it comes to how are people using it today, the beautiful thing about um, crypto is that as that payment does come through, 
you are you're receiving that payment instantaneously. There's no settlement timeframes. There's no delay in those payments. There's a number of different pieces to that. Um, in our business that we see, we see more and more merchants um, opening up to the fact that they know that they may have a consumer who wants to pay in, in crypto. And as we discussed earlier, if you're a merchant who's selling a product or service, um, if you are open to accepting more forms of payment, you have more options to provide your consumers and those consumers will pay with the way they prefer to make a payment. So in our business, we see more and more adoption every single month. We're seeing five to 10,000 new consumer or new uh, merchants. They're signing up to accept crypto as that form of payment. And I think there's with more regulations and more support from banking and more support from financial institutions, more support from um, the consumer adoption who are wanting to make more payments in crypto, that's just going to continually grow. So I think that's that's where we see a lot of things happening. You also see changes in people making payments with stable coins over, say, um, a Bitcoin or under other cryptocurrencies. Okay, James, I'm going to have to ask you, what's the difference between a stable coin and a Bitcoin? Um, a stable coin, there's a couple of different areas. The majority of it is that stable coin has a consistent value, um, or at least very consistent compared to other volatile cryptocurrencies where uh, Bitcoin is, I would suggest, relate Bitcoin more to uh, uh, a digital gold or a gold product that has uh, changes in that price uh, each day, mm -hmm. where a stable coin, if it's, uh, say, one pound, it's one pound and that transaction. So um, that's slightly different than uh, than a cryptocurrency where you may have accepted a, a, a pound in Bitcoin, but a few minutes later, it might be worth uh, one pound one or it might be worth 99. <laughs> it's, it just has that slight volatility different where in the stable coin, it has a consistent value based on um algorithms and systems that are running where it, keep, it maintains that same value. Got you. So much more consumer friendly or amateur friendly, maybe. Yeah, I think it's both consumer and merchants. Uh, unless you're speculating to say, hey, I'm open to accepting Bitcoin for sure, because we know that the price has been you know, going up or that it's going down, depending on how the, how the market is, then the merchant might speculate on taking a portion of their revenues and keeping it in Bitcoin as, as almost like an investment or a speculation, where if they accept a stable coin, that stable coin is consistent with the same value that they would have sold their product or service for. And I guess that complexity in the different types of cryptocurrencies we might want to take is why the individual merchant should by no means be trying to work out how to just add big Bitcoin or just add one of the others. What they should be doing is going to kind of a a, a one-stop shop for their cryptocurrency taking needs, such as coin payments. Yeah, for sure. I mean, coin payments in our in our digital wallet system, we're supporting over 2,000 cryptocurrencies. Um, and then in the payment system, we support um, over 130 or so different options for somebody to make a payment in. So did you say over 2,000 different cryptocurrencies? Yeah, in our wallet. Wow. <laughs> so my mind just going, isn't that more than there are normal currencies, even if you include things like gold? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the digital currency space has been a lot of different platforms and developments over the, the last several years of, of different ideas and concepts. Now, those 2,000 currencies are not super active. Um, I'd say if you look at the top 15 or 20 currencies that are out there, you'll see more activity. And if you use um, 
and platforms like CoinMarketCap, for example, you can look at your top 10 or 20 um, cryptos that are giving you suggestions of how much volatility or what the activity is or uh, the transaction volumes. And, and we see the majority of our transactions in, in about the top five or six um, cryptocurrencies in the world. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Don't know where to start when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Don't worry, CoinPayments is here to make your transition into crypto as smooth as possible so you can enjoy lower fees, more security and access to new shoppers eager to spend crypto. Get crypto payment options on your online store within 24 hours with our simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento and other major e-commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to learn how you can start accepting crypto payments today. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Jason, we've just blown everyone's minds with all the different types of payments they may or may not want to be taking right now. But now we're going to get into the top tips and kind of kind of slow it down a little bit. Um, less, slightly less mind-blowing, but just as powerful coming up, everybody. So I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Jason, you ready for the top tips? Yep. Okay, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I don't tend to take a lot of time for reading books myself. However, I, I do read a lot of um, information and, and participate in programs. And one of the main programs I participate in is a, a program called Abundance Digital and Abundance A360, which is um, a program led by Peter Diamandis, one of the leading innovators and thought leaders around the world. And I um, very much participate in that program. It's, it's something where I get a tremendous amount of insight what's happening around in the world from technology, innovation and change and growth. And that's uh, one of the things I would strongly recommend somebody participate in. Oh, that's very intriguing. I should be checking it out myself. Um, the traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I don't know about the press side of it, but I definitely think that most people forget to ask for referrals. Um, in our business, it is actually one of our biggest traffic generators um, and new business and new clients is from referrals. So our current clientele, the people that we have relationships with and that's depend on our products, um, we definitely get a lot of our traffic and a lot of our new clientele from those referrals. And of course, you have the focus of organic search, which you can't deny for sure. And I, I think you get all the press around the social medias and the systems and all these other areas. But I, I really think that um, that's one of those things that you don't get a lot of press on and that making sure that organic search is, is something you need to focus on. 
two good recommendations. I love those. Uh, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, I definitely highly recommend if you have a, a team of people that you're collaborating with regularly, I think a collaboration tool like a Slack is, is really key. Um, I also think that from a customer relationship management, making sure you know who your clients are, what their buying habits are, what they've done, how they, how you can react and provide a better solution or a better uh, service to those clients, something like a Salesforce, I think is 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 really key and helps uh, will help move your business forward. Loads of good tips coming out here. Okay, the last one for you, Jason, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, since I'm in the payment space and this is a payments conversation, I, I would definitely strongly suggest that you make sure you have added all possible payment solutions, uh, whether it's something that you know your clients are wanting to pay with or ones that are not. Because most likely, if you provide the option, there are there will always be somebody who's wanting to make a payment in that solution. So it'll, it'll reduce the amount of people that come to your site and wanting to make a payment, but want to make a payment with something that you're not making a payment with. So supporting all possible payment solutions, I think, is really key. It's kind of an, an easy way to almost set the tripwire for finding out when one becomes important to your customer base is the fact they could use it anyway. And you can see when the numbers start spiking and then, you know, that's where they're at. Absolutely. Okay, Jason, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, for sure. Um, Coinpayments.net, uh, which is our main website. Um, which is the company that you're, if you're interested in crypto and or accepting crypto as a form of payment, there uh, we're also on Instagram and so all possible social channels. And on LinkedIn, if you're interested in connecting or asking me any questions personally, uh, linkedin.com forward slash in Jason Butcher. Marvellous. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and getting us all back up to speed in the world of payments. Lots of integrations for us all to go and get sorted now, but um, it's been really, really good getting that insight. So thanks so much for coming on, Jason. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Chloe. Have a great day. Well, guys, you can now feel up to speed in the world of payments. Um, clearly just asking for credit cards and just offering credit card payments is not enough anymore. We need to be enabling consumers to use the payment method that they want to use. And the good thing is there's now tools out there to make it super easy for you to do that. I cannot believe that in Canada, you guys are mainly paying by email. I had not come across that one. Um, so I've learned quite a lot from that. I suspect you will have too. If you want to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links to what we've mentioned and more, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you're intrigued by the world of Bitcoin and you want to understand a bit more about it, then do check out episode 25 because in that one, myself and Trace Mayer get into the ins and outs of how Bitcoin actually works. Yes, we're talking blockchains and all kinds of techie stuff. So if that's your bag, go and check that one out. That's episode 25. 
So thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I would love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.